0: Hello and welcome to the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast. My name is Andy Tier, and each week here on this podcast, we explore what it truly means to live and love like Jesus. This is the third episode in which we're discussing the roadmap, a new tool that the formation and mobilization teams here at Crossroads have developed to aid each one of us on our journey of following Jesus. In this episode of the podcast, I'm speaking with Aslan Carter, Crossroads Connections lead, and we discuss her role in developing the Be With Others portion of the roadmap. So, hey, Aslan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, Welcome to the Live and Love Like Jesus
1: podcast. (laughs) It's my very first podcast. I'm kind of excited.
0: Is it really the first one? I thought that we spoke with you before. I guess not. No. Wow. Well, so we did this last year. We did like seven episodes and then um, we've just like started again once we started the the roadmap and we thought, oh, this would be a great tool to let people know of new things within the roadmap. And as we continue to to grow and develop it. So um, we've met with Phil, and then we had Jeremy last week, and he spoke about the Be With God portion of the roadmap. And I understand you're responsible for the development of the Be With Others portion of the roadmap. That is true. All right. So let's start at, like, what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, well, being with others um, is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's being with other people, um, not just for the sake of being with people, but for the sake of transformation. If there's one thing that I've learned in my own walk with Jesus, it's that um, some of my times of greatest growth have been alongside other people where i am both learning from others uh, but on the flip side of that coin also pouring into others is sometimes a great way to grow so just as we talk about learning to live in love like jesus it's important that we realize that that's a journey that we are not on alone um, but we are always walking along uh, with others in that journey
0: Cool. So speaking of not walking alone, who else worked on this part of the roadmap with you?
1: Well, I have an incredible connections team um, here at Crossroads, and all of them contributed um, in some way, shape, or form. So we've got Mark Silen, who's our small groups pastor. And we've got Denny Stevenson, who's our care and shepherding pastor. Uh, Kristen, um, I want to say pinder but she's recently married. So Kristen (laughs) Mosley is our next step director. And... Um, then Heidi Barnett is known and loved by many sits down at our front desk and Leah Deicher is our admin. So they were all incredible, um, just as far as bouncing ideas off and contributing. Um, and I don't want to leave out Bill Altman either. Um, he is our adult growth, um, director. And so he just had some really important contributions as well.
0: Awesome. So can you tell me, um, what the kind of the curation process looked like? Like, how did you gather, um, not just the information, but like kind of these action steps for the pathways that are within this portion of the roadmap?
1: Yeah, to be honest, um, a lot of it is stuff that we were already doing at Crossroads or or pieces that were already an important part of our culture. So it wasn't really a matter of going out and finding a lot of new stuff. It was more a matter of kind of looking at what sort of opportunities we already had Um here at Crossroads and just kind of figuring out how to kind of put those together in a, in a way that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. Two of the things within the pathways I know have been here for a long time. One of them is pretty obvious. So like our weekly gatherings, right? Like our Sunday worship services. Yes. And then another would be groups. Can you, let's, let's talk about the weekly gatherings first though. Sure. Cause um, you know, we are kind of a larger church and it can be easy to kind of slip in um, kind of sit down and then sneak out before saying hi to anybody. How, um, how do we participate in community within a weekly worship gathering?
1: That is such a good question. And, you know, I think it kind of, it requires effort um, from all of us. Um, And let me kind of unpack that a little bit. So, you know, the newer people that walk through our doors, um, they they may want in some ways to remain anonymous. So it's going to require just a little bit of courage and a little bit of intentionality um, to do something as simple as maybe stopping at the Welcome Center and um, maybe asking a few questions about Crossroads or uh, stopping by our starting point conversation that happens the first weekend of the month. Um, Again, those steps kind of require courage and intentionality. Um, But they're so important in really finding connection with others. Um, Then on the other side of that coin, you know, we've got people that have been here a little while and we really want to kind of call them to a greater level of ownership um, for community within our body. Um, It's easy for me, who's been at Crossroads for a number of years, just to kind of walk in the worship center and sit down and not like intentionally look at the people around me. But one of my favorite parts of the roadmap um, as it pertains to our weekend gatherings is just encouraging people to be intentional, to introduce yourself to the people that are sitting around you. Um, If you see someone sitting alone, um, just not only introducing yourself, but maybe inviting that person to sit with you. Um, Taking time to pray with somebody that looks like maybe they're, struggling or, or they're having, um, you know, um, some sort of response to, to the worship or to what they've heard that day. So I would say it all boils down to just intentionality, um, on all of our parts to really enter into community.
0: Yeah. uh, So why is that so important?
1: Ooh, why is that important? Um, You know, I think back to the very beginning of scripture and, um, you know, God really clearly said that it was not good for Adam to be alone. And I remember a point in my life where I felt a little bit guilty when I felt like I needed someone other than the Lord. And it was that very scripture that kind of like allowed me to take a deep breath and go, oh, wait a minute. Like God designed me this way. God designed me to need him first and foremost. But um, he also recognized that I have a need for other people. And so, um, yeah, community is important um, as we pursue the Lord. And um, yeah, it goes all the way back, like I said, to the beginning.
0: Now, um, small groups are another thing that have been around Crossroads for quite a while. Um, They've gone through a few kind of transformations. I remember them as 242 groups and things like that. But um, how do small groups play into this?
1: Yeah, small groups, um, I think, are are vital and important in any church, but especially in a larger church, because this is really the context um, where you can get to know others and also be known yourself. And like I said earlier, like it's a step that requires intentionality. Um, it, it requires a little bit of courage, um, especially for, for those who are more introverted than extroverted. Um, but it's that context where You can get to know others where you can open God's word together and just be open and honest and vulnerable. And again, that's not easy. We recognize that, but it is important.
0: Yeah, this this whole thing of being with others, um, in the context of the past year and a half to two years, this has had like there's been some unique challenges presented in this, right? And we found like some new ways together whether it's online or just kind of some different ways can you talk about that just a little bit about um what these recent changes do are like the way we even socialize how they've impacted this
1: well absolutely I mean I would say first and foremost I think COVID has helped us realize how much we do need other people um you know, obviously, those that are introverted, were a little more comfortable being at home for long periods of time than those of us who are a little more extroverted. But I think everybody at some point, um, you know, sense that desire to be with other people, um, you know, to experience that iron sharpening iron, like um, the book of Proverbs says. Um, but yeah, even myself, um, I lead a lot of our women's ministry groups and classes. And I'd wanted for some time to kind of experience with the whole online context, like how do you do a Bible study with Zoom? And, um, you know, that was one of the beautiful things that came out of COVID was kind of just being forced to learn some of that kind of stuff. I know that a lot of our small groups met online and I don't know, my own personal experience is such that I'm so glad we we have that um, option, um, for certain seasons. Um, for me personally, I don't think it'll ever take the place of being able to meet face to face with people. I think there's just something really special and unique about that. But yeah, um, we're so thankful that we kind of got to figure some of that out and that, um, it is still an option, um, for some people that is, is good in certain seasons and, um, yeah.
0: Small groups have gone through a few iterations Uh over the past few years. So what constitutes a group at Crossroads now?
1: Yes, I was just having a great conversation with our small groups, Pastor uh, Mark Silen, uh, just today. And we were kind of like working on that exact thing, like what are the elements that we feel like are core to any group, whether that's a women's group, a men's group, a support group, um, a youth group. Um, And we kind of boiled it down to four or five. Um, One is the study of God's word. Um, Obviously we want that to be foundational to any group that is gathering because God's word is the foundation of our lives, and prayer is also important, and that's not to say that groups have to pray for hours on end, but um, there should be that element, if not within the group time, um, at the very least, like knowing that we are praying for one another um, within the group between the times that we're together um obedience is so important um, we don't want to get together and study god's word um just to grow our knowledge um i don't believe that that's what god wants for us um but we want to get together and study god's word so that we can go out and put that into practice in our lives so obedience is really critical um then there's just this component of caring for one another um You know, our our vision is to live in love like Jesus. And Jesus did such a good job of just loving other people, of really seeing them through his father's eyes and then going the extra mile um, to show love and care for them. And that's what we want to see our groups doing for one another. Um, And then the last piece is just um, kind of that missional piece. We want our groups um, to be serving together, to be encouraging one another and discovering their gifts and their call. And um, again, taking what they learn and what they discuss in those groups and then just going out and putting it into practice and changing the world around them.
0: So. Okay, so you said four, but I think I just counted five within that, right? (laughs) Because I had studied God's word, prayer, obedience, not just knowledge, right? And then caring for one another, and then this aspect of living missionally, yes, which I could see that being part of obedience too. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. We're
1: still in the curation process, so <laughs> don't don't hold me to those exact words. But yes, those are definitely foundational components. Well,
0: Jeremy said the curation process is ongoing, so we're expecting that. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's never. We're never finished. We never reach the like a goal line, right?
1: Right. And we're hoping, you know, to come up with some sort of cute little acronym or something so we can actually remember those words, but. <laughs>
0: Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, just looking at them, I don't see it yet. But yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. over the course of time, sure. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So um, when it comes to groups, so here's the thing. What's the difference between this and family, right? So there's groups, but but you didn't say family within that. So are we looking outside of family for this type of group structure?
1: Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that my older brother happens to be part of my Crossroads small group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so certainly there can be family that are incorporated in our groups. But um, I think that one of the great things about groups is people coming together from different backgrounds, different experiences. Um, one of the things I love about my small group is that um, we have an age range that spans 40 years. And um, one of my favorite people in the world, Marvin Weber, I'll just give him a shout out, um, is, has been part of our small group for years. And he's in his mid 80s now and is just in a different season of life than I am. But I've learned so much from him, I've learned so much from his wisdom. And so, um, yeah. Back to your question, though, I think there's that's the beauty of of a small group outside of our family. With our family, um, you know, it's there's maybe a little more similarity, uh, shared experiences, that sort of thing. Um, and with our small group, we just often get different perspectives um, than we might from our family.
0: I think I might have seen family included within one of the pathways, if I remember correctly. Yes. Let's let's look at those pathways real quickly within this portion of the roadmap. Can you tell me just kind of an overview of those? We kind yeah. of went right past that.
1: <laughs> we did. We Sorry. did. So there's three pathways um, in the being with others portion of the roadmap. And the first is gathering with others. And I think of that as kind of the the larger group context. So a lot of the things that you'll find within that pathway have to do with our large group kind of weekend gatherings and the second pathway is finding support inviting accountability and growing together and that's where you're going to see a little bit more of the smaller group context so you're going to learn a little bit about um, different groups that you can be a part of maybe accountability groups um, maybe mentoring some of those sorts of things and then the last pathway which is the one that includes family is multiplying your influence and that's just the recognition that as we are with other people we have opportunities Opportunity for influence. So that may be within our family, um, that may be within our church community, um, that most certainly should be within our neighborhoods and our workplaces. So,
0: So where does a new believer start in this? Like, which of these pathways would you recommend they start at?
1: I think most people would say that the most obvious place to start is. the, the weekend gathering, the worship service. And certainly that's where a lot of people's journey does start. But, you know, I've also seen people kind of start their faith journey in, in more of the small group context, because that's a little bit more of a, a comfortable um, environment. So I don't know that I would say, um, certainly between those first two, gathering with others and then, you know, finding that support, um, accountability and growing together, they're both, I would say, equally important. And I think, really, you could start your journey either place. But I'd encourage you to do both.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) You know, I like that idea of inviting people to begin their journey in the small group, too, though. Like you said, that more casual or comfortable environment, that's pretty neat. So, I mean, is, is that a recommendation you would make to people seeking to invite someone to participate in this Christian walk with them, right?
1: Absolutely. And some people are really intentional with their small groups and making it a place where unbelievers um, can walk in and um, find, first and foremost, friendship and community, but also just have a safe place as they begin asking questions and um, just trying to figure out who the Lord is. Um and I love that. I love that we would be intentional in creating spaces where we can invite our neighbors, our coworkers, maybe our unsaved family members.
0: As like a couple of minutes ago, you did mention that um, being missional was part of those aspects of a group here at Crossroads. Can you describe what you mean by that? What do you mean by being missional?
1: Yeah. So, um, really, when you boil down kind of the most important things that jesus said um, it's loving god it's loving others and it's making disciples it's influencing the people around you and um so the the missional piece is kind of the last piece of that um, you know we live in a very consumer driven society and it's easy for us to think um, that our Christian walk is the same way that it's really all about us and kind of what we're getting out of it. But um, man, if we look at Jesus's example, his life was very little about himself and so much about the people around him and just influencing them. And so yeah, that missional piece is just um, as we come together, Um, in various groups, whether it's our family, whether it's our small group, um, whether it's a serving team on the weekend at Crossroads. um, We really just want to be intentional that we are looking outside of ourselves, that we are listening to the Holy Spirit and just asking, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have us do in response to what we're learning, um, in response to yeah, how you're challenging us. So that could be small groups serving together. Um, I know in my family, we've got two elementary age kids and it does not come natural for kids to think of others before themselves. My husband and I learned that very quickly. (laughs) So we are continually looking for opportunities where um, we can go serve together as a family. Um, You know, maybe it's going together to do the school supply shopping for the things that we want to donate to Glenwood or the Potter's wheel. Um, during COVID we, we did several need a neighbor, um, responses as a family where we would go shop and then kind of make a delivery together. So yeah, it's just those opportunities that we're looking for to be on mission with Jesus, to love the people around us, to, um, look for opportunities to invest in the people around us and uh, going out and doing those, not just on our own, but with those around us.
0: That's really neat. So there is a, there's a personal development aspect to this missional living. That's important too. I can remember when we were setting up the formation and the mobilization teams at Crossroads, like we ran into positions where we were like, Oh, I think that fits into mobilization. And then we would have, a fairly long discussion to be nice. We <laughs> went over whether it was formation or mobilization, you know, because the two just go hand in hand.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. On your own um, personal journey with the roadmap, as we continue to move forward in this, what excites you most about it, just personally?
1: Well, obviously, I've spent the most time on the being with others portion just because that's uh, the piece that, as you said earlier, I've kind of been helping uh, curate the content for. Um, And I think what I love is that it's really not rocket science. Like a lot of this is just like when you read it, you go oh, yeah, well, of course, when I'm at church, I should interact with other people and introduce myself to them and maybe invite someone that I don't know to lunch afterwards. Um, So I like that it's not rocket science. I like that really it's just common sense. But um, as we kind of see everything fleshed out together, um, it's just going to help us to be intentional about taking that next step together.
0: Cool. Is there a part of the roadmap and it doesn't have to be within the being with God portion, Okay. but is there a pathway that you've seen and you're like, Ooh, I'm looking forward to doing that.
1: That is a great question. I think the part that I find most challenging and probably the piece that I I feel like I need to work on, um, the most is, is the being sent portion. Um, I love that we got to read through the book Seek First earlier this year, and I just love how it helped us to kind of view the world around us from a kingdom perspective. And I don't think that that's something that, um, comes easily or naturally. So I feel like that's something that God's really been challenging me in. So the being sent portion of the um, roadmap has just a lot of ideas um, to kind of further that understanding of, of the world around us being God's kingdom here on earth and how we can engage with the world around us in intentional ways.
0: So Asa, now um, you have a young family as well. You mentioned you have young children. How do you see yourself encouraging your kids through what you're learning as you progress in the the roadmap now?
1: Um, I really believe that so much of parenting is um, things that are caught as much as taught. And so, you know, when I think about um, like gathering with others for weekend worship um, in our family, we're just really intentional about making that a priority every weekend. We're really intentional about always attending the same service so that our kids um, are always with the same group of friends and with the same small group leader so that they are getting that um, experience that we have with our adult small group where there's a, a, a group of people and a leader that they're really getting to know um and also you know being known by so um you know there's that aspect we do have a small group that meets in our home it's funny my kids like aren't part of that small group in the sense that they sit and do our study and discussion with us, but they love small group night. They get really excited when they see that there's people coming to our house. So I think even just setting that example of our home being a place where we're hospitable and where it's important for us to gather with other people to grow in our relationship with the Lord. Um, And I also mentioned earlier just kind of some of the intentional things that we've tried to do as a family to teach our kids um, how we can influence the world around us. So I don't know that I would necessarily sit down and say, okay, kids, today we're going to work on pathway number one and step number three. But I think as we incorporate, my husband and I, these different things in our lives, they're naturally going to become part of our family rhythms. And our kids hopefully are going to catch on to those things and realize that they're important in their faith as well.
0: Wow. Great answer. So, on what have we not discussed yet about the roadmap that you think is important to share?
1: This may be something that others have hit on. But one of the things I like most about the roadmap is that there are multiple entry points. Um, we recognize that different people are at different points in their faith journey. And, you know, these three pathways are not three um kind of distinct paths. I like to think of it more as like um, a three lane highway where they are moving us in the same direction. We are um, moving toward the goal of living and loving like Jesus, but just kind of depending on where we are um, in our faith walk, in our life experiences, um, it may be that some people start um, in the being sent pathway. It may be that others take a first step in the being with others pathway and still others in the being with God pathway. Um, And it may be that you're even kind of taking multiple steps at the same time. Um, You know, if I think about that three lane highway again, I imagine a car that's, again, headed in, in one direction, and it's kind of uh, changing lanes as it goes, but still moving in that same general direction. So I love um, that the roadmap kind of offers us that. It's not a step-by-step linear, you have to do A before B before C. Um, but again, just depending on how God's working in your life, there's lots of different ways that you can be engaged.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to explain it. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for just taking the time today to sit down and talk with me and discuss the roadmap. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Aslan.
1: You are so welcome. It has been an honor. Thanks.
0: My thanks go out to Aslan for discussing the development of the Be With Others portion of the roadmap. And I invite you to please go to cccgo.com forward slash roadmap to see for yourself all that we discussed on the podcast here today. I pray that this episode of the podcast has encouraged you to not just learn more about following Jesus, but to actually go and to live in love like him.